Hello, my friends. Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad that you are here. I got something that is going to be quite exciting, I think. It's going to be instructive, I hope, and I pray that you would also be encouraged as well. I'm doing an interview today, and it is live, not by Zoom, sitting right across from me, straight from Kansas, is a longtime friend of our family. Her husband's also in the room. This is Barbie Blackert, her husband, and Hardy. We have known them for a hundred years. Actually, Barbie, you go back uh, with St. Lucia <laughs> into what, seventh grade? Yeah, I, sh- I sure do go back a long way with your beloved bride, my dear sweet sister friend, Lucia, <laughs> also known as St. Lucia. I echo that sentiment. Yeah, and so uh, what? let me give you the title of the uh, podcast, and then uh, we'll just get right into it. This is episode 334. If you want to look for the show notes, just look for episode 334. Here's the title. Does watching the chosen violate the second commandment? I put a thing out on our forum. Uh, the question has been asked of me, and I thought it'd be good just to collect other people's opinions. And so it's been sitting out on our public forum for several days now. Several people have chimed in. And I got pretty much what I expected. There are two uh, opposing sides, and I trust they will not be polarizing, but definitely two opposing sides. And that's typically how things are when we talk about all things Christian, except for the gospel. Uh, The gospel, we don't deviate. We don't negotiate. Uh, The gospel must be preached. As you all know, Paul had some very strong words in Galatians 1 about those who mangle the gospel. But there are a lot of things in the Bible that we can go back and forth, and what you will find, there's good people on both sides. And this is one of those issues. The chosen has, I think it would be fair to say, taken the the world by storm. They they have really, it's, it's a global outreach, and if you're not familiar with the chosen, it's a TV series about the apostles. Of course, you can't do the apostles without Christ, and, and that's where the tension is for some people, that we should not have any images images of Christ, and that is a problem that some have. And then there are other people on the other side of the spectrum that say this is not a problem to uh, show a representation of Christ from someone's perspective. And so, again, we had two people, uh, two uh, opposing decisions. Some people say that this is wrong and you should not ever watch anything like The Chosen, and then there are other people who are okay with it. And so uh, Hardy and Barbie, uh, again, from Kansas, but they they have been in theater. How long have you been in theater? Oh, man. Uh, we met in college, but we were both doing theater back in high school, and we don't want to say how old we are, but it's not quite 50 years, but uh, it seems like it. No, maybe. 30 years it's our uh it's kind of what brought us together yeah and i would i would not want to share your age here on this <laughs> podcast but i mean lucia's 52 <laughs> and uh, y'all did i think it gives it away my age y- y'all did go to school together uh so but we'll keep yours on, on the down low let me uh share with you what the second commandment is of course the, the depending on tra- tradition uh the jewish tradition uh, they would have a different numeration of of the Ten Commandments, and that's fine. It doesn't change the Scripture. I mean, the text is the text. The the numbers may be different uh, depending on uh, whether you're coming at it from a Jewish perspective or as we are from a Christian perspective. But in uh, the the Ten Commandments are in uh, the Pentateuch twice in Deuteronomy 5 and also Exodus 20. I am reading out of Exodus 20. Verse number 3 says, you shall not. Uh, you shall have no other gods before me. And then the second commandment, number four, verses four, 
5 and and 6 it says you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth verse number 5 you shall not bow down to them or serve them for i the lord god am a jealous god visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me verse number 6 but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my com- commandments. This is, I'm reading now that ESV. Again, Ephesians 20, verse number 4. Basically, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or earth beneath or the water under the earth, and you shall not bow down and serve them. So that is the big idea. Some people say it is blasphemy uh, to have something like the chosen, and again, other people say that it's uh, fine. And so one of the reasons that I wanted to uh, talk to Hardy and Barbie about this is because they are in theater, and of course theater is a lot of productions, Christian productions at their church and other places as well, uh, somewhat known in their community uh, in Kansas, and uh, it has been a tremendous outreach uh, there and other places where many people, Hardy was just telling me yesterday that uh, they did a production and said there were 27 people. That, it was something like that that came. That got, that got saved. Was yep. it? Yep. And yeah. uh, so that, that, that's pretty cool. And so anyway, so Barbie, uh, just give me your perspective on what do you like the chosen? Let's start. There. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much, Rick. I I'm going to give it away right away. I love the chosen, and I want to <laughs> I want to just put that out there. But I also want to say at the outset that I'm not here to uh, to try to convince anyone to do something against their conscience. Um, I can certainly appreciate and respect what you just read about the second commandment. It's something that I think is a very uh, important thing to consider uh, and and not sin by your conscience. Uh, let me say that you shared my background, which I think is helpful to understand. God has uh, gifted my husband and I and many other people that I I know in an, in, in an area of this genre of drama, uh, theater, uh, the fine arts, in what we believe is a tool, a tool much like other people use, uh, perhaps even, uh, you know, a tool as in uh, preaching is a gift. And we see this gift very much like a preaching tool. And we have a heart to do a couple of things with theater, uh, not just evangelize the lost, but edify the saints. And I can't, I want to say, I don't want to speak for Mr. Jenkins. Dallas uh, Jenkins has a heart for this as well. I do know from listening to some of what he has said on this personally. The primary he, the primary writer he, and producer yes, of The Chosen. Yes, he is. And uh, I'll say enough to say that I do know from his own testimony that he sees this as an evangelistic tool as well, as well as edifying uh, uh, those that um, in the faith. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see it as um, uh, that this would be a breach of the second commandment. Um, and here's why. I love this about our Lord, and we see it is replete throughout scripture, that what God is looking for is our heart. He is looking for our heart's motive. And I think motive has everything to do why the compelling argument for the chosen 
um, to be used as a tool to uh, to bring others closer to Christ and not to be a breach of the second commandment. Uh, here's the thing. We talked about this yesterday, didn't we, Rick, that um, you know, it's one, it's one thing to um, have someone up there dressed up as Jesus, and it's a whole other thing to worship that person. Acting truly is acting. It's, it's, it, is a, it is a program. It is a show. It is a tool. It's like a story that would be told, but it's done with lights and costumes and, and professionalism. I, I would be remiss not to share a, a verse that Hardy and I ran into years ago and just made it our theme. Right, of, well, let me uh, – can you remember yeah. where you are? I can remember. Because I won't remember where you are. All right, you, you, are, you interject there. I am not. I'll fit. just go on and on, so you, am, you interject. <laughs> You can tell I feel passionate. I am not 52. I am older. I forget stuff. <laughs> so I won't remember where you are. Actually, but I, I do want to point out a couple of things. All right, so one, you, you made a correlation between the preacher preaching and talking about Jesus yeah, sure. and, and telling stories, appropriate, of course, uh, to try to bring clarity using our imagination mm-hmm. uh, from the pulpit, et cetera. Every preacher in the world does that. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't think anybody has a problem with that because you're, uh, we don't get up and just read, uh, wrote scripture and let that be that. Uh, we actually go into explaining it. We explain it. We explain it through story and imagination. I think everybody's okay with that. All right. So, but that's different from a visual. I'm being the devil's advocate. Sure. That's different between a visual presentation where you're showing a physical yeah. picture of Jesus, like, say, in The Chosen. Yeah, let me say you're absolutely right, because uh, uh, the uh, a an actor up on uh, stage or, or in a movie is going to be so much uh, more visual and uh, hits the senses differently. But if you're going to go down with that line of thinking, then you also have to throw out any kind of flannel graph that we had from, you know, kindergarten on or uh, some of the cartoons that have been, I mean, you, you, you're going to have to go through all kinds of things to be consistent consistent with this and I know some people would they would they would yeah, say you're, that you're right that these things would be out of the question uh, look um, God has told us to be imitators of him God has gifted each person with an ability so I look at my ability that God has given me and uh, it's taken me years to come to be even able to say I am gifted by God in this area sometimes it's hard to say that but um, you know each has been given gifts and I asked the Lord uh, early on, what do you want us to do? Moses, what is in your hand, right? Uh, that's what, what God said to Moses. He had that, that stick in his hand, that staff, and God had a use for that. I look at this much like Dallas Jenkins was given a gift. These people were given a gift to do something, uh, uh, to use it for its fullest. There's a, I'm going to use my scripture if I could at this point, because I think it has something to do with what we're talking about. We're okay with using the Bible. So I'm so glad, because so that's, that's what I want to be, drop my some, number drop, one. Drop some Bible on Yeah, us. yeah. Uh, if anyone speaks, First Peter 4.11 tells us about this, let him speak as the oracles of God. Oracles has that idea of being a mouthpiece, right? If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to say that the scripture goes back to heart's intent. I want to say that this also goes back to speaking, using the gifts that God have, has given you and being that mouthpiece 
for a preacher, it's going to be through through messages for in uh, uh, his his sermon for a uh, uh, person who is a gardener. It's going to be through his beautiful display of his vegetation and his flowers. Through a me- for a mechanic, it's going to be what he does with his hands for a car. All things, though, glory to God. Uh, and the the argument yeah. will be okay. So where are the boundaries of that? So yeah. let's say uh, Joel Osteen, uh, for example, uh, <laughs> is using his gifts, but I think most people would recognize that he is into a a a, a prosperity gospel. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is uh, would be outside the boundaries of Scripture. And so within this podcast, again, this is episode three hundred and thirty four. Does watching the chosen violate the second commandment? And so those who believe that it does, that is the boundary. And so they would be okay with, I'm sure, of people using their gifting to spread God's fame, mm-hmm. to make God's name mm-hmm. great. But within coming from a sufficiency of Scripture worldview, within that boundary. So what is your perspective yeah. other than you give it on conscience, which, which is important? Uh, if it's a conscience issue, you should not... Uh, be watching it, but what is your perspective My, uh, specific, specifically on the second commandment? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you about the Joel Olstein uh, argument and, and certainly um, the way something in, is done. Um, I think that's what you were getting to initially, that if you had someone that was taking on a project like this and it was uh, extra biblical in a way that was uh, not uh, pointing to the the scripture and the soundness of doctrine uh that needs to be thrown out and you know somebody said something about this i thought was so good uh not everybody should watch the chosen and i agree with that wholeheartedly i think it has to do well other than conscience i i think it has to do with where you are in christ my goodness this is not a substitute for the bible this is not this isn't the bible this is a show let's call it what it is it's a show it is a series. Uh, it is uh, something that has been created by man. It's not the Bible. And that is not what Dallas Jenkins is putting out there as well. He will speak to that. He will talk about uh, taking artistic license. He will talk about his motive behind what he is doing. Again, back to the heart's motive. So I think it's extremely important. If you are small sold, if you uh, are an immature Christian, this is not your theology, for goodness sake. You, The word is your theology. And uh, so but if you were a person like me, because I'd love to talk about the positive, like what are the, po- and boy, have I heard all kinds of comments about how this has positively impacted people's lives, being a part of seeing the chosen and what it has done. Uh, for me, it's inspiring. It's so inspiring. Never thought of that before. Never thought about that creativity. Never thought about these disciples being this, the humanity of, of their lives and culture, uh, the humanity of Jesus. And may I add, this is more about the disciples right now in the series, than in my mind, in some ways, than anything else. And isn't that who we are? We are disciples, yeah, right? Let, and let me speak to you. Uh, there is a messy part of what you're saying that is not manageable or corralable. And what I mean by that is that if you're an immature Christian, you said you should not watch yeah. it. Some people would say, just take it down, basically. But this is also the dilemma that I run into. Uh, my world is counseling, and there are a zillion books out there mm. on sanctification. And it, it, I, I, I will give you that one. Uh, it is a similar problem that 
there are many books where you can glean stuff out of it, but it's not books that I would recommend. Some books I would not recommend for everyone. And so that is a the that is a pirate of being fallen people living in a dangerous world. Is that some people do not have uh, the time with God? They are not mature mm-hmm. enough in their faith, or maybe they're not Christians at all. And so the possibility of taking anything that is good and using it for bad purposes, there is no way to rid this world of that. And, of course, you can talk about movies. You can talk about books. You could talk about food, for example. Uh, Food is good, uh, but some of us abuse it. Sex is good. Some of us abuse it. And so that is just a constant dilemma throughout God's world. And so that is that is true. Of course, again, some yeah. people would say just take yeah. it down because of weaker brothers or people who are building their theological world based off of a television series, which again is is bad. But I'm not sure if the answer is to take it down. Uh, we do have to live with the messiness of what I just described. But the the other issue is that uh, are we blaspheming? Are we breaking the second commandment? And so it gets back to the image thing. Yeah, so two things on that. One is I so appreciate you listing those things just now because, boy, you know, as Christians, we are autonomous in a sense. Isn't it beautiful that we are not puppets on a string, that we are working out our own salvation, and you will meet up with every kind of category in which you have to make a decision on what it is that you choose out of the discernment that God has given you to participate in or not. Um, I think the bigger picture is what is it that God can and is doing through Uh, this heart, again, back to the heart of Dallas Jenkins and and the people who are a part of this. As far as the second commandment, if you believe that you are breaking the second commandment, if that is something that is a a breach of your conscience, I would be the very first one to line up and say, the show is not for you. You need to, to not watch it. This is not something God has convicted my heart about, and it, and I don't think I'm alone. Obviously, so, so you don't I do see not it see it that way in the text. You don't. I, see I it do in not the text. see it that way. You know what, Rick? What speaks to me is the heart behind that. How much Scripture is not just the letter of the law, but what is the spirit of the law? And I believe that that falls into this category. We are not making. If we want to, if we want to see the ridiculousness of, you know, and boy, I wish, I wish uh, you could, you could interview Dallas. He, he could do better talking to you about this. But boy, would I love you to talk to him. But you know, we're not talking about uh, da- Dallas Jenkins. If you yeah. happen to hear this podcast, <laughs> we need you. I, I want to interview you because you want to be here. This is life over coffee, and and this is something that you want to be a part of. And so, if if some way you catch wind of this podcast. Uh, let's talk. Yes, and Barb would love to pick your brain. So, you know, we, we'd love to do that. So, okay, so what I'm saying is the heart behind this, no one's worshiping this man dressed up as Jesus that is portraying a character, much as what Jesus used parables. He used parables in his teaching. These were not real stories that, that happened. We can, I think we can all agree theologically, these were parables. This is a symbol. Uh, this was, so the idea here is this is not, no one is putting this up as something that should be worshipped. And here's the thing, I'm not talking about something that I'm just an opinion about. Go and and research and look at 
uh, Dallas's testimonials about it. Also, you know, I would put The Chosen in a different kind of category than a lot. Frankly, there's Christian movies I won't watch. There's Christian uh, uh, so-called biblical uh, uh, movies I wouldn't watch because I think they're so anti uh, biblical. They're not bringing glory to God. They're not the spirit of of uh, uh, of the Bible as it should be. And that would hinder me. That would be a breach of my conscience. This is done in an excellent way. And there's a large consensus, Rick, and I think you've heard that, about the excellence. Well, I would say uh, uh, to that point is that uh, I'm not a fan of The Passion of the Christ. Uh, yeah. It was a a Catholic movie, and uh, I'm not like the, the, the seven stations of the cross. I am not a, a proponent of Catholic theology, even though I have sure. many friends and relatives that uh, whom I love very much. Of course, they know my perspective, and we just, you know, we we don't agree as far as our theology is concerned. In the Passion of the Christ, I actually went and watched it uh, just to review it uh, because uh, I wanted to talk to Lucia mm-hmm. about it and. Uh, because it was so popular at the time, and then also because I interact with people, uh, th- that's a question that just comes up to me, and it's, it's very similar to what I'm doing here because of of the chosen and something so culturally dominant for a season. Uh, it's a thing, and so I want to address it, but I wanted to address it from an uh, intelligent perspective, not just making opinions when I haven't seen it at all. Now, one of the things I do want to uh, address, uh, I think people on the forums have uh, noted, uh, they haven't said this out loud though, but they noted I have skillfully and artfully uh, not stated my position on this at all, and I haven't in this podcast. Uh, but I want, I do want to share a little bit of my perspective uh, about this. What you were just saying is that you were merging uh, the the two key ideas uh, in this passage of scripture. Uh, one is um, ima- uh, carved image uh, likeness, and then the other is uh, worship. And so you're bringing those things together. I do believe from an exegetical perspective that is the correct uh, interpretation of this passage. This passage actually is a chiasm, a, a chiasm, uh, a chiastic uh, passage. Uh, it's a literary device, and uh, I've actually done an entire podcast and written an article on the chiastic structure of of Ephesians 5, about husbands love your wives, starting at verse 22 to the end of the passage, and I've, I've drawn it out on a mind map if anyone wants to look at that. But basically what a chiasm is is that it makes a, it starts out making a statement and then it finishes making a statement, and both statements are basically the same. And so it's like you have a long paragraph, and the first sentence says something, and the last sentence says something, and they, and they say basically the same thing. And so if I could simply define the chiastic structure of, uh, of, the, of the, second, uh, the second commandment, it, it would say basically this, don't make any carved images of God, and then don't worship the images that you make. Mm-hmm. That would be the chiastic structure of Exodus 20, uh, verses uh, 4 and 5 and 6. So don't make any images of God, and then don't worship those images that you make. And so the writer is actually bringing those two things together, images or likeness of God, don't make them, don't worship them. Now, this does get problematic here uh, 
because the word uh, carved images is pesel, P-E-S-E-L, in the transliterated Hebrew word. And what it means is a three-dimensional figure. It means a carved image, uh, not a... Uh, a two-dimension uh, image, and so what it what it means actually is a like this mug here that I'm holding in my hand. It is a physical object. You would understand it in the times uh, that, that this was written. That it, it is a uh, a. Uh, a, a rain god or, or a snake or, you know, whatever. So it's, it's actually a carved image. Likeness uh, actually means a representation, a representation of. But this gets problematic because there were many images that were made. Uh, there were many representations, what we call theophanies, uh, appearances of God throughout the New Testament. And so God appeared in the burning bush. Uh, God appeared, there were other theophanies where God appeared. And so God was represented. Uh, of course, Jesus Christ is a representation of God also. And so that we we can't get around the fact that likenesses or represent representation likeness if you go with the english word it does get problematic but it's a representation or a pattern of god is what likeness means and of course pestle the carved image is a three-dimensional object so i think there is a place um to where you could portray christ and it also ties to the again the chiastic structure of the text is it, it ties to worship. So you can't disassociate a carved image or a representation from the idea of worship. Now we see that in Numbers 21 uh, with the serpent in the wilderness, uh, there was a carved image that was used, mm -hmm. and that wasn't an image of God. And I'm not saying that at all, but it was a carved image that was used. Uh, that uh, Moses told them to look and to live, and they did, and and so and they were healed, and so forth and so on. And that image, and it was okay to keep that carved image. But then when you get over to Second Kings, uh, it was called Nehushtan, maybe I don't remember. It started with an N. I don't remember. I haven't done my research. Maybe I should have done more research. Uh, but. It was being worshipped at that time, and so when it was worshipped, then God said, "Let's destroy this because the people are now worshiping this pole." And so that was it was okay to make the image, but it was, but they needed to destroy it because they they were violating the second commandment. And so I, I and then in fact, uh, and then in John three, uh, the story of Nicodemus, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And so they're using this uh, this image as a way to point to Christ and to as a as a represent as an analogy that it was acceptable is what I'm trying to say. And so with the chiastic structure of the second commandment, uh, you can't separate image and you can't separate worship. Those two things are together. I think with theophanies in the Bible, uh, making a representation or God coming down and communicating, there's no problem with that unless we go out and worship the bush or worship the pole or worship the image that we made. I also think that there is a point to be made about what you just said and why I'm not for the passion of Christ is that if it stays within biblical common sense, and what I've seen of the chosen so far, uh, they're not uh, doing whacked out theology. 
I'm just not perceiving that. No, and and one and I so appreciate your cultural references because I think it's imperative that we interpret scripture in light of culture as well, or else we are ignorant. And so I so appreciate uh, your wisdom on that and and your research. Uh, yeah, absolutely done with excellence. And I I, I want to just end with the note of this idea of what this what this is actually about the series uh, I think it's very much right now geared and I understand that maybe they're going to series seven that that's their hope I think that may be right uh, this to me is much more about finding yourself in followers of Christ that's what we are to be our disciples and boy is it inspirational to watch and see the reaction of these just human men and women who followed in the footsteps of Christ Uh, just also a note that I think it's important with the image thing is that Jesus the man the human is and we know he's God man as well but he is the one that is being imitated at this point so far we've never seen a representation that I know of of God uh, in there but I, I know you can't separate that obviously they're one in the same but just as a note of clarification on what they're depicting I realize this is a sensitive subject for people on one, one side you know we talked about the uh, in the past the regulative principle where you can only you can only sing songs that the scripture uh, prohibits and then everything else is out of bounds and there is a, a a tightness there on that side as far as theology and I get that I don't struggle with that personally that's not where I am uh, there are other people who have more liberty and same with songs the songs have to be lyrically accurate and I see with the representation of what they're doing uh, with the chosen let's just say it's lyrically accurate uh, it's not out, out of bounds of scripture but I think the key idea the big key idea one is conscience issue if your conscience condemns you then absolutely do not do it the second thing is we must be charitable toward each other you have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.